Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Hey, hey, welcome to this episode of I Date Money. I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan, your wealth activator. We're on a mission to eradicate entrepreneurial debt and to increase financial geniuses around the world. Today, we have Adrienne Johnson with us. She is a presentation designer who specializes in helping clients visualize their content and PowerPoint for the purpose of landing new clients, educating existing internal or external clients, or securing investment capital. Adrian's clients include Meta, Microsoft, Samsung, and Marriott. I like all those M's. Additionally, Adrian coaches other presentation designers on building their successful presentation design businesses. And it's so powerful. I mean, this visual presentation, wow. I know when I show my clients the visual presentation of their money, they're like, I can do that? That's so cool. Adrian currently resides in Seattle, Washington with her husband, daughter, and their two cats. Welcome to the show, Adrian. So glad to have you here. Thanks, Lisa. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. When you, when you think about those PowerPoints that you show, like the wow factor, how does that excite you as far as like, oh, this client, when you know you have your client and they're like, I'm going to invest and this is going to be worth the investment. Like what's your initial reaction? You know, I think it's such a powerful tool for people. I mean, for so many reasons, right? First of all, we know that people are more afraid of giving presentations than they are of dying. Right. I think the reality of that is we're going to get far more presentations than we are going to die in our lives. <laughs> that's a very real fear. That's very near term versus death. Um, but the reality is, is people are afraid. And so the more you can do to build their confidence and make them feel more prepared, um, you know, and part of that is content creation. And so many people don't take the steps to get that piece done. So then, you know, they wait till the 11th hour because they're procrastinating because they don't want to do it to begin with. And so if you can get them to get that content done, then you can design it. They can prepare, they can practice with it. And those people are going to be fundamentally better speakers, right? And so it feels really good to be able to help people um, get their arms around all of that right out of the gate and know that they're going to be more confident. They're going to be more excited. They're going to deliver a better presentation that's going to resonate better with their audience. And whatever that key goal is that, that they have in delivering that message, they're going to be better prepared to deliver on it and execute on it. Yeah. And having that roadmap, you know, I like any kind of roadmap, whether you're doing a presentation for a business or your finances, it's so important to have that visual and really it connects. It just does something to the brain to connect those, the visual with the words. And then like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. This is the, the confidence builder. You know, like and a lot of times I say when we're working with money, we need that confidence boost. So what was the one thing that gave you the boost of confidence that you needed to make money in your business? Oh, the one thing I needed, um, you know, I really struggled early on with not being a salesperson. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a talker. So people are always kind of thrown by this, um, but I am an introvert. So I'm a chatty introvert, but I would like never leave my house if I didn't have to. Um, 
And so for me, the thing that really kind of gave me confidence was realizing that I didn't have to necessarily go out seeking people. And so I leveraged SEO in order to attract clients to me. And that really put me in a position of being the helper, right? And so people could come to me, find my website, decide they already liked my work. They could read my blog posts and decide they already liked the way I talk and the way I think about things. And then they could engage me. And that really puts me in a position to say, hey, this is what I do best. And so I can advise you and I can help you do this and execute on this vision. And so for me, that was a huge confidence builder. Um, And I'm not coming at it from the place of someone who's insecure or lacking confidence or reaching out and, uh, uh, could I help you with this thing? You know, I was, I was never going to succeed in that way. And so kind of pivoting it to make it work for me and my style, I think was super uh, fundamental, um, and, and being successful in that way. Yeah, absolutely. When you think about your money story and your earliest memory of money, what was that for you? When the first time you met money, held on to money, what was that like? You know, I can remember, uh, so my mom was a single mom and she was never very good with money. <laughs> she just has, and she still struggled to this day with kind of managing it. Like if, when we laugh, she and my sister both are like, if they've got a dollar, they're going to spend two. <laughs> and I remember we, she was taking all of our change and wrapping it up, but this is back when you would have change. And you remember you would wrap them up in the little sleeves and you would take it Uh to the bank and get cash so that we could go to the drive-in because this is also dating things. I'm not actually that old. This was just the eighties, but (laughs) to go to the drive-in, which was, I don't know, like $7 or something at the time. Um, And so I remember it was like this big thing to be able to go to the drive-in that night with having, you know, scrimped all this change together. Um, And I now, you know, kind of taking that, like that was our whole life, right? Was always, there was never enough. And financial security is now, it's my greatest value, right? Like it's not about being rich. It's not about having too much. Like I'm not a luxury brand person, um, but I am a, if I want to do it, I want to know that there's enough money there to have to do it. And I don't want to have to worry about it. I don't want to scrape pennies. Like, um, but I will say on the flip side, I have found that, I may be not as respectful of money and those pennies as some other people are, you know, they say the richest people are those who will pick up a penny and, you know, like they are just have the utmost respect for every single cent. Yes. And if you mail them a check for a cent, they'll go deposit it. And I would be like, this is not worth my time. Right. Cause I can go make $500 an hour. So like, I look at that penny and I'm like, that's a waste. I, the time it would take me to go deal with this is not worth it. Um, And so, yeah, I think it's really interesting kind of the way that, that that has shaped like that, that penny mindset, right. Of, of rolling coins has kind of shaped my mindset in adulthood of like, what is the, the cost benefit and the time management piece mm-hmm. of making money versus like yeah. the nickel and diming? Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of times there's a saying that I'm not sure if I'm going to get this right at this moment and the t- time of the day, but you know, people will, um, walk over was it a walk over a dollar wait walk over a dollar to make a penny or something like that I can't remember the exact saying but the purpose is like we we tend to spend a lot of time and effort on things that don't make an ROI and I love picking up pennies because pennies are great and we don't respect it money 
there is no value for money, right? Money is energy and money doesn't want to be a number. Money wants to be loved, don't matter what denomination it is. And when we think about the value, we put the value on it. Like we say that penny is only worth one cent, but to somebody that penny can be worth so much more because when they add up all of their pennies, it becomes millions. And there's actually a, a thing out there. Like if it would you rather have a penny a day for 30 days or a million dollars and with compound interest, the penny a day is going to be more valuable. And logically, we think of it, and it's like, that's impossible. Like, no, like, how could that even work out? But our mind doesn't register it fast enough. And when we look at the dollar amounts, like I say, oh, well, if, if your you know, time is worth $500 an hour, why is my time only worth $12 an hour? And like a lot of people who are getting jobs, you know, like, they're only paying $12, $15 an hour, $18 an hour. And as entrepreneurs, we look at the piece, like, you know, I know very few entrepreneurs who charge an hourly rate. I know a lot of accountants who charge an hourly rate. And I'm like, why are you charging an hourly rate? I mean, you're doing a, a specific job, a project. So why wouldn't you charge it as a project? But it's the value to them. And then when you think about your project price, if you get that down to the hour, what are you actually working for? You know, and what do you, what's the purpose of you doing this? And it really gives you that perspective of, oh, I don't think my my value and my time is so much more. So when you think about the value of what you're doing, how did you come to terms with creating your value package and your pricing and saying, yeah, this is what I'm worth? Um, yeah, I don't necessarily think of it as what I'm worth. I hear a lot of people say that. And I think that can get, for me, could get really mixed up. Um because I think a lot of times, right, it's it's about what the client's willing to pay. Mm -hmm. And there are clients who are willing to pay. So I charge a per slide rate. Um, it's between $75 and $100. So most of my clients are still at 75 but I've moved up to 100 And I've done that over time, right? Like as I've gotten more busy and there's more demand for me um, and those people are finding me if they want to work with me because they perceive that, you know, based on kind of the authority that I've created around my own branding and marketing, that I'm the person that they want to work with and they can trust to work with, this is the rate. And there are people who can pay that and there are people who can't, right? Mm -hmm. And that's just the reality of it. And so for those people with the budgets who can and are just like, it's not worth the time, effort or trouble to go find somebody else, like we trust that you have the, have the street cred to be able to pull this off and you're going to do it fast. You're going to do it on time. You're reliable. Like mm -hmm. you've, you've demonstrated that. Um, so to them, that value is there, but for other people, it's not. And so I've had to kind of let that go of like, I can't take it personally. It's not necessarily about um, what I'm worth. Although I guess in some ways I am saying I am worth it because I'm also saying I'm not working for less than that. So <laughs> I guess in some ways I am saying that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't- I don't Battle going on in the head there. <laughs> I know, but you see, I guess I am saying in some ways, yeah, like I'm not doing it for less than that now, but I definitely built up to that. Um, and so it wasn't like a, it wasn't an overnight thing, right? It's as I, there's more demand. So I think of it more as um, an economic exercise than a self-worth exercise. So there's more demand and therefore I'm raising my rate because- I don't care if I get this project or not, right? Like I'm either going to do it at this new rate or I'm not going to do it at all. Yeah. Um, and so that's how it has worked out for me. Yeah. Um, well, it's so important to get paid what you what you put forth. And there are, I mean, I've worked with, I mean, just for a VA example, I've worked with tons of VAs who have said that I will deliver this and this is the agreed upon price and they don't deliver. 
right. you know, they don't, you know, like, oh, we're going to track this and track that. I look at the trackers. There's like nothing like where, where are you showing? And I, the end result, I'm not getting what I wanted. And like, where's the disconnect? And then there's a story that we tell ourselves, oh, well, this happened and that happened. Well, I'm sorry, life happens. You have a contract, you have an agreement, you need to stay with it. And it's so important to follow through like our core values. Like when I know when I hire somebody, I, if they say they're going to do something, you better, better do it. And I know I'm so conscious with that, especially dealing with people's money, you know, people invest in the wealth acceleration program. They get, I over deliver, but they get what they signed up for. Plus, because I really want to see them succeed in partnering with money and creating this beautiful activation roadmap that creates millions in their banks, but helps them be wealthy from the inside out and changes that money story for them. You know, in three, three months into working with me, they're like, you need to raise your prices. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to raise my prices. I'm, I'm doing exactly what I'm, where I want to be, but understanding that value, like if I believe you're, this is an investment, this amount of money, that's what it's going to be. And you you will do whatever it takes to get that money. So I always say the people that can't afford it are the people who don't believe in themselves enough to invest. And those are especially moms who their kids take priority, their spouses, like they're, they don't think twice about paying for travel sports or, you know, doing their husbands go on, you know, vacations, guide trips, they join country clubs, whatever. But when it comes to them, they're like, I really want to do this, but it's selfish and I really don't, I don't want to. So when you think about your own investment, hiring coaches to help you with your blind spots, how did you feel when you made those investments? Like, did you find yourself hesitating or like justifying? Wow. That's a really great question. I don't know. Again, like I look at it as an economic exercise mm -hmm. and while as a mom, you know, there is always a struggle to do things for me financially when it's come to my business. I always talk about it with my husband, but he always just defers to do whatever you think is right. Um, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. it's. I always laugh. I'm like, it's a blessing and a curse. Cause on some, on some level, I'm like, I can do whatever I want. And then on the other hand, I'm also like, I feel all alone in it sometimes because you're like, the burden is all mine. He's just like, sure, whatever. Um, but yeah, so I, I think I always looked at it from an ROI perspective of this as an investment I want to make, and it may not work out, but I think it's the right next step. And it was always appropriate to where I was. So like when I was just starting out, I made a $500 investment in an SEO course that seemed like it was such a huge investment. And at the time it was the biggest investment I'd ever made in my business. And then I think the next thing after that was, um, it was a thousand dollar course. And then it was a $5,000 mastermind, you know, and it just kind of, and within six months of that, it was like a $15,000 mastermind, you know, like it would just kind of like it ramped up quickly, but always like in proportion of having gotten results from the last thing. Right. And so it always felt very easy from a business perspective to justify. Cause there was always, I was always getting a return on the last thing. Right. Yeah. And I think we get a return on everything that we invest in, you know, even the freebies, you know, the shiny objects, if you do the work, you do get something out of it. It's just really simple. <laughs> I was talking to my coach today and I was saying, you know, that, um, I feel like sometimes in my programs, I'm, and I don't know if you have this, I feel like I'm trying to get people to do the work or I'm trying to do the work for them. And I'm trying to figure out how to let that go. Like, cause I can't, I can't do it for everybody. And that's just not right. realistic. 
And she said <laughs> that she sees that all the time. Like the number of people who you buy something and then sometimes they don't show up or they show up, but then they're not doing the work at all. And she's like, it's really quite remarkable. Like, but some people just like, is it to spend the money or is it, I've had this happen. I don't know if you've had this. Have you ever bought something and you thought it just buying it, the act of the purchase mm-hmm. a course or a program was going to solve your problem. And then you realized afterwards, like, oh, I have to go do all the things now. <laughs> so that's been like a huge thing too. Like yeah. I have to be really disciplined now too about like, what am I buying? And am I going to do the things afterwards? Cause I've definitely bought things, little smaller things where I've just mm-hmm. like never even opened them up. Yeah. And that happens so many times. I have a monthly crush on debt membership group that people buy and they never show up. They don't do the work. I mean, I can tell that they're not doing the work. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you're investing in this and this is a, a monthly commitment that you can get out of whenever you want to. However, you still, I still collect your payment every month. And I'm like, okay, do you want to be debt free or do you just want to like pay more money to whatever it is you're doing. So yeah, when we do the work, it is amazing. And finding the right program, I always tell my clients, your purchases should have a purpose. If you're investing in something, why aren't you utilizing the tools that they're giving you? Because you have no idea. I mean, all programs work, but they might not work for you because the tools might not be a good fit. You know, like I golf and sometimes, you know, when I get a set of golf clubs, you know, my friends will be like, oh, here, try my driver. You know, you're like five, six, I'm five, one. Okay. Your driver's not going to work for me. Ah, I just try it, try it. It's new. It's really cool. Fine. And it's awkward. And I, you know, I got to choke up on it and it's not the right tool for me. And I'll go to hit the ball and I'll whiff it or, you know, I'll, it'll go two feet in front of me or whatever, but my own driver cut down to size to me fits perfectly in my hand. I, you know, I'm used to it. I can, you know, hit it 150, 200 yards. And having the right tool is so important. So when you think about your finances, you know, you're, we always say we keep our business separate from our, our private, from our personal. What are the best, what's the best tool that you have in your toolbox for your business finances? Um, I'm using QuickBooks for invoicing and, and management. I don't love it. My CPA makes me use it. Um, it's a little, the (laughs) double entry accounting is just a little too much for my brain. (laughs) The positives and the negatives really mess with me. Um, I liked FreshBooks before that though. That was a simpler interface that was more aligned with my kind of cash flow perspective on the business. Um, but yeah, I, I think of it in very simple terms, right? Um, I actually, and I don't even think of it. Cash flow doesn't really matter to me. I've never had a problem collecting money. And so the way I actually measure my like business success is about the invoices. Mm -hmm. So that to me is kind of the leading metric on, am I doing the work right now? That's going to get the money, right? Like the money will come. I don't worry about that piece. And I know I'm very fortunate and many people don't have that luck. Um, Or I have been lucky thus far. (laughs) And at some point that might have to course correct, but um, so for me, I, that's what I look at, right? The dashboard is, am I hitting my numbers and where I should be for this point in time in the month in terms of projects? Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, the good news is I built up, a, you know, a really reputable client base and over the years and then have enough leads coming in that even if things are slower, I can just take on a new client. Um, there was a time, you know, with inflation and everything in the last year where things had gotten a little bit slower, even from existing clients where I dropped my rate a little bit. 
Um, but I had the flexibility to, to do that. And so I did, um, and took on some new clients at a slightly lower rate in order to just fill my calendar up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't regret it at all. Right. But like, I have the flexibility cause I have that constant flow of leads to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and making the adjustments, I always tell my clients, like it's not set in stone. You create a wealth activation roadmap. You get to make adjustments, you know, yeah. especially if they have debt, like a lot of, you know, when my clients come to work with me, they want help with their back taxes. Like, you know, they didn't set aside taxes. And I'm like, where's your money bucket for your taxes? Where's your money bucket for your operating expenses? Let's get this in place. You know, so it's one of the first things we do is look at the business and then, you know, work on the personal as well. But when you set up those buckets and you have those that money set aside, you never have to worry about it. And one of the things like, I, I worked with QuickBooks for years, not my favorite. It's very unforgiving when you go to run your reports and you made an error and you're like, wait a minute, I know that's not right. Why? What's going on here? And trying to fig- figure out the tech stuff. So a lot of my clients love the Excel, you know, and we, we fine. You want to use an Excel sheet? Fantastic. If you want to use Mint, you know, whatever works for you, what tool works for you that fits perfectly in your hand that's going to help you connect with your money and be that partner so that you can reach those goals, you know, and what's the big goal that you want to reach. So when you think about your business finances and, you know, we always talk about 10 X your profit and what's your gross revenue versus your profit margin. What's your big goal for 2024 and or 2023? What year are we in? <laughs> I know. They're flying by, they? <laughs> You're listening to this in the future. It is, it's November 15th of 2023 is the recording date. Um, so thinking about that, what is your goal, your big money goal for 2023 and how close to you, are you meeting it or have you superseded it? That's interesting. Um, my original goal was to hit $400,000 in revenue. I think we're going to come in under that, but the year ended up starting really slow, but we're going to be ahead of 2022. So I feel good about it. Like we're going to end the year really strong. I had my highest month ever last month by 50%. Awesome. So like really, really strong into the year. Um, and I don't think we'll hit it 400, but we'll come in just shy of it. So yeah, I yeah. feel good about that. And then I've never been like super disciplined about setting revenue goals. Mm. Um, I've always kind of like, I mean, I guess I did early on because there was like a, a number I had to hit in order to like pay the bills, like and right. comfortably. And now there we're kind of past that. And it's kind of like, well, maybe I retire. Like I was doing the math the other day. I don't, you'll appreciate this. And I was like, I mean, I would have to put something like $60,000 a year into savings, into retirement to retire in 10 years or 120 to retire. No, that was 15 and 10, something like that. And you were just like the pain that you would have to get for an extra five years. I was like, I don't know that it's worth it. You know, like when you do the math on it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So long story short, I've never been really disciplined about it. And even then you're just like, I don't know, like what that motivator would be like Mm. to hit, to hit a number. And part of that, I think, let me caveat all this by saying, I I have a kind of a different approach, I think, to entrepreneurship. I know a lot of people want to hit seven figures, multi-seven figures, like big businesses. I've been part of those businesses before. As businesses get bigger, they're harder to run. Um, you have to be really deliberate. I had a boss 
who used to say no good deed goes unpunished, you know, and maybe that's some mindset stuff I need to work through, but it's hard being the boss, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think I've always kind of struggled with, I don't want to get too big. I have one team member right now. We work really well together. And I don't know that I want to get much bigger than that. Cause I think the more people you add every, with every hire, right. There becomes more risk for a bad hire having to deal with that, the long-term implications of that. And I like the idea of keeping it small and just like really crushing it. Yeah. And that, and that's what, that's your glove, right? It fits perfectly. Yeah on your hand. And that's exactly how we want to approach our, our business because that ultimately affects our personal, right? Because, you know, when we're drawing our owner's comp from our business and paying it into our personal account, we're the only ones that manage that. You know, we're not going to hire a CPA or an accountant, bookkeeper or whatever to manage our personal money. We're going to do that ourselves. But just having that intention and knowing like, okay, this is what I want my gross revenue to be. And I don't want to grow too big. Like I, I retired from a career job with social security administration after 30 years so I've done that. And the whole time I worked, it'll be two year. My two year anniversary of retiring is coming up in December. But the whole time I worked, I had a, I had a side gig. I was a, in, you know, independent rep for Avon for years, <laughs> for like 20 years. And then I went into being, you know, young living. I did MLMs with a couple of different companies. And then I started online coaching. I became a certified aromatherapy practitioner. All I was working full time. And then I volunteered um, and, um, as a treasurer for three not-for-profits. And I look back and I was like, wow, I did a lot of things. <laughs> and it was fun. It was rewarding. And it, it didn't take up a lot of time because I loved doing it. And because I loved doing it, it was almost like it was my hobby. Like, you know, instead of, at that time, instead of golfing, I would play with the numbers. I would keep, you know, do all the treasury duties. I would, you know, share Avon. And it was like, no fun. And now that I've stepped into being a wealth activator, I had an independent insurance broker. People like her say, oh, you're still working. I'm like, no, I don't work. <laughs> I just have lots of fun all day long. Like there's no work here. I mean, this morning I got up, went to the gym, played uh, nine holes of golf, and then came on and started interviewing podcasts, had a couple client calls, did a few sales calls. It was a fantastic day. It was so much fun. And I know like one of the, um, um, for the in the insurance world, they want me to build an agency. Oh, you'd be so good at it. You can have a team. You can you can have your brick and mortar. And I'm like, ew, no. And you know, like I've gone through so many VAs, and I'm like at the point where I just hired an agency. I'm like, you know what? You just you just here. <laughs> you control them. This is the work I need done. And so I just signed a year contract for a service. And we'll see how this goes because I am like, it's hard to find somebody that does what they say they're going to do. And I get, I've talked to so many VAs. I've tried so many for months and they did great at that one specific thing. But if you ask them to do, you know, oh no, I don't do that. And that gets, to me, that's like frustrating because I'm the, oh, I can do, I can do a lot of things at once. I'm like really good at that, right? Multi-passionate, multi, like I can multitask and I know a lot about things, and uh, I just, it's just funny when you think about being a solopreneur and we'll know, I don't want that multi six, seven, eight figures. I want to stay comfortably right here. And it's a beautiful place to be, right? If $400,000 is your target and you add cost of living every year, but then that exit plan, right? Do I want to retire? But what nice is, is you can semi-retire and still do this job, right? Yeah. I have a client who's 72 years old. I said, well, do you have an exit plan? She's like, no, I'm doing this till my last breath. And she hopes to live to be over a hundred. 
I'm like, fantastic. And she's rocking it with money. (laughs) It's fantastic. So, and they say people who work longer live longer, right? Yeah. We used to have clients that would come in and they were afraid to retire at 62 or 65, whatever it was. And I'd be like, why? And I'm like, well, you'll know when you're ready. And they're like, well, you want to honestly know? I don't want to retire because I'm afraid I'm going to die. My best friend, he retired and two months later, he was dead in the grave. Yeah, you don't know when your last breath is, but to really enjoy and to know like, this is what I want to do. And even as entrepreneurs, sometimes we step into what we're doing and we hate it. I've been working with a client with their finances and there was a blocker. And I'm like, do you like what you're doing for your your entrepreneurial world? She's like, no, I can't figure out how to market it. And I'm like, well, you have a marketing coach. Why don't you ask her? No, that's not it. It's something about me. I'm like, I'm in my own way. And it was her relationship with money. She was afraid to charge what her worth was because way back when she was told that she wasn't reliable with money and what she did wasn't worthy. And we discovered that working with her money mindset, we, we, as a certified aromatherapy practitioner, we use the power of breath and scent to tap into the subconscious to see like, why can't we move forward? Like with our finances, we say we want to create this money bucket, but then we don't do it. It's like, okay, why am I not taking these action steps? So in your experience, what action steps have you seen yourself not taking towards a goal that you know you want, but you're just not quite getting there. Yeah. So I have always struggled with this, um, until very, very recently is, um, gosh, I just hate social media and I don't (laughs) want to do it. I just don't. Um, and it was only in the last three months, my coach and I talked about it and she said, just do it. (laughs) She said, I'm telling you to do it for three years and you just, there's always a reason not to. And so I finally started doing it and it's just, it's not as bad as I thought. It also is not creating any results. Now, that being said, you can't necessarily expect results in three months. It's not magic. (laughs) Um, And so I just had a meeting today with my operations manager. We were going through and, you know, trying out, coming up with kind of some pivots and some things to try. Um, But yeah, that was a really big hurdle for me for a very long time of just, I don't want to be out there. I don't want to be on video. I don't like the way I look my, this is like kind of one of those early childhood things. My, I was the smart one and my sister was the pretty one, you know? And so I don't like being on video. Um, I also have always struggled with, I don't feel very articulate. Right. And so I, I know that I struggle in my head to form the thoughts and other people are like, I don't feel that. I'm like, well, I, I feel it. Mm-hmm. And so like getting through all of that was a really big obstacle. And now I'm just like, it doesn't matter. Well, now we have all so much technology too. Like I have a little teleprompter app and I script my stuff out and it'll keep me focused so that I'm not doing this thing and bobbling my head around. <laughs> you know, I mean, we have, everything's come so far, hasn't it? Like, oh yeah. Totally oh, it's years ago even. Yeah. And I know when I first started going live, I had a sticky note with my three points and that helped me stay focused. And I always like, now I'm like, this is audio only, but sometimes I do both the video and the audio. And I'm like, I never know where to look. And I took a whole video course for like 16 weeks. And it's like, well, you look at the little green dot, but then you can't look at the person. But I'm like, does it really matter? They should have created, I'm sure they have tech for you. Just doesn't matter where you look. It always looks like you're looking in the right spot. But things There's like that. Called like, Veed. Veed. What is it called? That does it? Um, Veed. Veed. You just have to be, yeah. You got to be looking at the camera though. <laughs> Or it'll give you like alien eyes. Don't you can't like move your head away. 
<laughs> or something you have big bug eyes. <laughs> yeah, the things that they come up with. Uh, anything for ROI, right? You're like, oh exactly. yeah, you need to buy this thing. So when it comes to fun money, how do you like to enjoy the money that you do earn? Oh, we're travelers. So um, we love going places. COVID was so hard. Um, and I don't, I, we have not traveled internationally since, but just before COVID, we went to South Africa on a safari, which was amazing. And we were so glad that, especially being in Seattle, that we had done that. That was December of 2020, no, 2019, um, that we had done that right before lockdown. Cause then we were just stuck here, um, and gloomy skies for quite a while. So we had more than our share of vitamin D going into the pandemic. Um, and so we've mostly been domestic since, um, but yeah, that's, we, we love traveling, um, a little bit of shopping, but we're trying to be focused on kind of consumerism and like, what are you buying and the longevity and all of that, mm -hmm. you know, not just from like a wasting money perspective, but just the impact on the planet and everything. Yeah. I love that. That's so awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of the things, your experiences and everything. When you think about your financial tips that you've gotten throughout your life, throughout your, especially your, while well, you've been an entrepreneur, what's the best tip that you have utilized in your life that you'd like to share with the audience? Uh, I think my number one thing um, is understand the financial advice you're getting and why people are giving it to you so that you can make informed decisions. Like mm -hmm. I have so many people quoting the Dave Ramsey debt-free life and I, you hear them like paying off their mortgages and I'm like, but you have a 3% interest rate. Like it was different in the eighties when you had a 15% interest rate, right? And you were only making 10% in the market that was costing you money, but now your dollars should be in the market not worrying about your 3% interest rate. So it's just, you know, kind of an interesting shift. And um, I think, you know, a lot of times we listen to people and those, the gurus and all of that, and we don't necessarily understand. And so just seeking to understand why they say the things that they under, they're saying so that you know whether it's really applicable to you or not mm -hmm. um, yeah. based on where you're at in life, especially, I mean, now we've got interest rates creeping back up, you know, things are shifting again. So mm -hmm. understand what makes sense for your situation. Yeah. If it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make dollars. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you again for being here. We'll uh, put the, for the audience, those listening, check the show notes to connect um, with Adrienne. If you need her services, you know where to find her. She knows Facebook, Instagram. That's probably your favorite place, right? Instagram. Oh, of course. Yeah. Everyone likes Instagram. I'm I I cross post you guys. <laughs> I have no original post on Instagram. Although my reels come from Instagram. But I'm you know, I'm getting there, right? It's it's whatever floats your boat. Whatever you like to do, that's what you should be doing because that's what's gonna make you money. And remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it. Hey, 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 thanks for tuning into the show. Give us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Get ready to activate wealth. Be the next millionaire with a simple adjustment of your finances using an energetically aligned money multiplier system. You get to build wealth by partnering with money. It's time to have fun with finances. Pick a date. The link is in the show notes to book your wealth activation call where you will get the one solution to multiply your money. Remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's what you do with it.